Wow. This is going to get to be an emotional episode. This We're going to be happy. We're going to get heated a little bit. And we are going to get sad. So sad that we might be even crying today. Welcome to 52 Weeks of MLB Baseball, the podcast show that covers all 52 weeks of the MLB year, starting from number one to number 52. I am your host, Ian Young. Wow. When some, when times, when people who you grew up watching finally retire, it's kind of sad. Big shout out to my good friend, Anderson Davis, for the swag intro, and a big shout out to his good friend, Josh Peterson, for the amazing logo thank you to you both i'm glad to show that shout out both of you each and every week let's get these in, let's get started with this episode with wow i i thought i was not gonna have anything to talk about literally like i didn't think i was gonna have anything to talk about but a couple of different things and then yesterday john means decided to throw a no hitter full nine innings seventh in orioles history first since 1991 and the first solo no-hitter since Jim Palmer did it back in 1969. Yeah, it was um Yeah, it was a very good no-hitter. It was 12 strikeouts and he never walked anybody. He never even hit anybody with a pitch. So that means he was he almost had a perfect game. He did not have a perfect game. It was a drop third strike call that went to the backstop and the runner got on, so it wasn't really a perfect game because someone touched first base. But <clears throat> but that's the thing, though. We've had three no-hitters this year. Three no-hitters this year. All of them have had nobody walk anybody. Joe Musgrove hit Joey Gallo with a pitch. Carlos Rodon hit Roberto Perez with a pitch. John Means didn't hit anybody with a pitch, but he had a drop third strike. I am telling you what. We are going to have a perfect game this year. I can feel it. If there's three no-hitters that didn't have anybody walked at all, we are going to have a perfect game this year. And I am so hoping that it is going to be coming soon. We've already had three no-hitters in the first two months. This is might be the year of the no-hitter. It might beat out 1989. I am telling you because this is it. This is the year of the no-hitter. Already have three. Hopefully, we get a perfect game. Let we'll well we'll see. Let's move on to here's something else and get a little heated. Well, if you didn't watch it at all, the Cubs and Reds got into a as I put air quotes brawl. After Amir Garrett, after Amir Garrett struck someone out with a couple of guys on and was very pumped up and fired up about it, Javier Baez storms out of the dugout, yelling at Amir Garrett. Amir Garrett got down to face the teams, didn't even touch anybody, and he got suspended for seven games. 
Now, I get that the Pittsburgh Pirates incident from a couple of years ago and a couple of other incidents as well, but come on! The guy was expressing himself. The guy didn't even touch anybody. And guess what Javier Baez gets? A slap on the wrist. He only got a, he only got a fine. I don't know how much money it was, but then that means that if it was, if the money amount did not make it into the article, that means it wasn't a lot. But come on! I could get two games. I could get three games. But a whole week of games? Are you kidding me? He's not been the best reliever this year. He is still one of our better ones in that bullpen. But come on, he was expressing himself. It was just like Nick Castellanos all over again. Expressing himself after he struck someone out, and someone from the Cubs dugout has a problem with it. Javier Baez. Javier Baez should have been suspended too. Now, I get the whole, you shouldn't show anybody up. I mean, like, I am good on sportsman-like conduct. I like that stuff. But, I mean, for some, Garrett did go a little bit overboard, yes, but I'm still on his side with this because MLB is pushing let the kids play. MLB is pushing the express yourselves. So, explain to me this. If Garrett gets pumped up about it, the Cubs should shake it off. Trevor Bauer yelled at a a hitter last year of the Milwaukee Brewers, and the Milwaukee Brewers, they didn't do anything. They didn't say anything. They took it because he was expressing himself. Trevor Bowers expressed himself when he struck out a batter last year, and he was yelling at him. He did not get fined. He did not get suspended. So why is it different now? It's because Amir Garrett, he's had troubles in the past. I get that. But come on. He didn't touch anybody. He was just expressing himself. He was fired up about it. Let him play. Let the kid play, man. Come on. This is overboard. It is two-faced. Two-faced. You can do one thing and then you can't do it. I have no idea what's going on with the MLB, but it kind of seems like they're trying to kill themselves right now. MLB is trying to kill baseball, and I'm I'm all for standing up against that right now. Let's move on to the sad part of today's episode. Oh my gosh, guys, I cannot believe it, but yesterday, if you didn't hear the news at all, the Los Angeles Angels released Albert Pujols. I just cannot believe it, and if you guys don't know who Albert Pujols is, he is a first ballot Hall of Famer. He was the essentially the Mike Trout of his time, and or the uh, Michael Jordan of his time, or possibly even the Tom Brady of his time. He was... He was such a good hitter, such a good player, and it's kind of sad because, like, wow, you're watching these guys that you actually grew up watching because he went in his prime. I was, like, 8, 9, 10, 11 years old, and I still can remember guys like Albert Pujols or Miguel Cabrera or Prince Fielder or Joey Votto or Clayton Kershaw, who was still in his prime at that time. I mean, all of these guys – I mean, and it's just they're getting old. They're not hitting. They're not doing the same as well. I mean, Clayton Kershaw still doing a little bit well. But, I mean, like, wow, it's so sad because you see these guys going away. And, I mean, wow, it's just 
you watch these guys and they're and then next day you're, they're gone and they're like wow so if the so the releasing of our approvals means that his career is co- almost coming to an end he's about ready to retire i could see him going back to the cardinals on a deal that just is for the rest of the year so that he can sit the bench maybe play a couple of games at first base i could see that happening but man albert pool is just getting released by the angels i mean that hurts he had a batting average below two and same with miguel cabrera i mean miguel cabrera is not playing that well either he has a, a batting average below one so that makes me think wow is that meaning miguel cabrera's career is almost over as well i mean it's just super sad albert pools gets released and his career's about ready to be over. That's just sad. Moving on, minor league opening day happened a couple days ago. Dayton Dragons, my hometown team here uh, in Fairborn slash, I guess, Dayton a little, a little bit. Uh, they're 2-1 and one right now, and they're uh, leading in the Midwest League. But it's cool that minor league opening day finally starts in May. It was actually on May the 4th, which is also pretty cool as well. And I'm just so glad that they can start up and get things going because – it's so glad to have baseball back here, down here in Ohio. All right, let's move on to the standings update. Standings did not really change as much. I mean, there are some surprises, but, you know, just prepare yourself to, for, like, you know, same old, same old. In the AL East, we've got number one, the Boston Red Sox, nine win, 19 wins. And 13 losses, not 9, 19. Yep, the Red Sox have been playing very good baseball. And I'll tell you a cool stat about them here in a little bit. The They are doing really well. Their pitching is doing also really well. Their offense is exploding. Holy cow. The young Red Sox looking very nice, very tuned up, and can't wait to see what they can do for the rest of the year. Let's look at the rest of the AL East. At number two, the Tampa Bay Rays, 18 wins, 15 losses. Number three, the Toronto Blue Jays, 16 wins, 14 losses. Number four, the New York Yankees, 16 wins, 15 losses. Number five will be the Baltimore Orioles with 15, 16 losses. 15 wins, yeah, 15 wins, 16 losses for the Orioles. Uh, the whole AL East, they might be one of the tougher divisions as well. The only team that has a losing record is the Baltimore Orioles. The Tampa Bay Rays have been playing really much really good baseball lately and it's starting to show as well they're number two in the in the east now in just a half one half game behind the the red sox and you got the blue jays who have been in a little bit i mean they could be better they could be a wild card team possibly and then the yankees my pick to win the AL East division still down there at number four and the orioles who just have fallen off the cliff after opening day Moving on to the AL Central at number one, the Cleveland Indians with 17 wins and 13 losses. Yeah, Cleveland has been playing very good baseball the past week, past couple of weeks. They're starting to show up. They're coming to the top of the division. The Royals are now in third place. And now it's just looking really good for the Cleveland Indians. And I'm glad that they're doing starting to do really well. I mean, one of my favorite teams. At number two, the Chicago White Sox, 16 wins, 13 losses. Number three, the Kansas City Royals, 16 wins, 14 losses. Number four will be the Minnesota Twins, 11 wins, 19 losses. And at number five, the Jacksonville Jaguars of the league or Cleveland Browns of the league, whatever you want to call them at all, the Detroit Tigers with nine wins and 23 losses. Wow. Tigers have fallen off the face of the earth and fell on their face flat because the Tigers, and I this has happened a lot with Tigers over the past 
ever, it seems like. They start out really hot on opening day, and then they start being trash. And is seriously showing. Casey Mize is probably their best pitcher out there. I cannot wait to see Spenzel Torkelson. He should get up there pretty soon because the Tigers are going to need anything that they can get. The rest of the division, pretty good. The White Sox might pick to win the Central. At number two, they're starting to play good baseball again as well. Starting to show their, their, their good hitting and their good pitching. I cannot wait to see how they do. Kansas City Royals, they were pretty good, but they have been getting on a couple losing streaks. Maybe they can come back. Still a sneaky team, I think, in the Minnesota Twins. Also have just not been playing good baseball lately. Moving on to the AL West at number one. The Oakland Athletics, 19 wins, 14 losses. They are starting to surprise everyone. Everyone thought that the Oakland Athletics were going to be a horrible team this year. They are not. Chris Bassett has been pitching really well. Sean Manaya has been pitching well as well also. And, I mean, everybody on that ace team has been hitting also really well. Their young talent is starting to show up. They're starting to do stuff that people didn't think they, they, they could do. And they're proving all the disbelievers wrong. Moving on to the rest of the division. At number two, the Seattle Mariners, 17 wins, 15 losses. Number three, the Houston Astros, 16 wins, 15 losses. Number four, the Texas Rangers, 16 wins, 17 losses. And number five, the Los Angeles Angels with 13 wins, 17 losses. Wow. LA Angels have fallen on their face flat as well. They are losing more games, and they just fell from 3 to 5. Houston Astros, my pick to win the division. They're starting to show up a little bit more. They finally got themselves a winning record. But if they're ever going to catch the A's, they need to win, and they need to win now. Jose Altuve shuts up the New York Yankees fans with a three-run homer after they boo him on when they – after they boo him, calm uh, – Cheater, cheater, pumpkin ear. I saw a sign for that, and they they boo every team of the Astros. They even booed the birthday. They even booed booed Jose Altuve on on his birthday. I mean, come on, guys, give him a break. It's his birthday, man. Come on. He shuts them all up. That's what I like about it, Matt. That's what I like about it. He shuts them all up. It's just like Jose Altuve. Okay, they all said Jose Altuve was going to be too short. He shut them all up. Now, did he cheat a little? little bit to win that MVP. Maybe I've heard some people say that he never heard to the sign pitching. They never really liked the sign stealing situation at all. And I mean, he shuts them all up. He is still a very good player. People just don't realize it all. And New York is just ruthless. We all, we all know that. And I mean, <laughs> the Astros, I mean, they just need a win. And if they win this the AL West division, that just shuts everybody up who were just believing in them and, uh, thinking that they're not as good anymore. Moving on to the NL standings. All right, so uh, so let's get this NL standings underway with the NL East. At number one, the Philadelphia Phillies, 17 wins, 15 losses. Number two, the New York Mets, 13 wins, 13 losses. Number three, the Atlanta Braves, 15 wins, 16 losses. Number four, the Miami Marlins, 14 wins, 16 losses. Number five, the Washington Nationals. 12 wins and 15 losses. The NL East, pretty good. It will start off with the Phillies, who are 17, 15 losses, 17 wins and 15 losses. Their hitting has been really good. D. Gregoris, I'm so bad. I'm, I can't believe the resident signed all, but I can see the kind of good thing to that. We got Jonathan India, but he has been hitting very good as well. Bryce Harper showing up. JT Ramuto 
also showing up a little bit. Their pitching has been better. Their bullpen has all really been better since last year. Showed up supremely, and the Philadelphia Phillies leading that division right now over the Mets, who are 13-13. and They just don't have their hitting and can't hit with Jacob DeGrom on the mound. The division winners for me, the Atlanta Braves, my, my picks at 15 wins and 16 losses, their bullpen, they just got a lot of injuries. I mean, just they've got a lot of injuries. Marcel Zuna is hitting the best they can, and so is Ronald Acuna Jr. So is Freddie Freeman, but it's really the pitching staff that really has a lot of the injuries, and if they really want to win that division, they need to go to the underrated guys, and they need to find those underrated guys and use them because they're just can't do it. All right, the NL Central at number one. They can't, the St. Louis Cardinals with 18 wins and 14 losses. Yeah, the Kansas City, uh, Kansas, oh my gosh, Kansas City Cardinals. I just can't believe I was about ready to say that. St. Louis Cardinals pull out big. They were in last in the division, I think, a couple of weeks ago. They're now at number one. Jack Flaherty has been showing up. Their whole pitching staff has been showing up, and so has the offense. Nolan Arenado looking really good. And it's just the Cardinals are being the Cardinals like they are every year. And it's getting a little bit tiring. My pick to win the division, the Milwaukee Brewers. Well, we'll just go on to the rest of the division here. Number two, the Milwaukee Brewers at 17 wins, 15 losses. Number three, Chicago Cubs at 15 wins, 16 losses. Number four, the Cincinnati Reds, 14 wins, 15 losses. And number five, the Pittsburgh Pirates, 13 wins, 17 losses. My pick to win the division, the Milwaukee Brewers, 17 wins, 15 losses. They can still catch the Cardinals. It might be a close division race right in between those one and two spots. They're pitching. The Brewers pitching is amazing. Corbin Burns, Brandon Workman. Brandon Workman, oh my gosh. Brandon Woodruff, I'm not awake today. Please bear with me. And their offense, they did lose Christian Yelich, but they still got some really good tools out there that can help them win. Cincinnati Reds, though. I mean... What else to say there? They had a bunch of losing streaks, but now they're starting to win and try to find their way back. If they're going to ever try to go really good against this division, you've got the Indians and Pirates coming up on your schedule. you got to beat them both. And there's not just much to say about the Reds. Bullpen is a need, it, bullpen is a need right now. I just still can't believe they're tra- traded Russell right Iglesias. And in the NOS at number one. Not the Los Angeles Dodgers. At number two, not the Los Angeles Dodgers. At number three, yep, that's where the Dodgers is. But we're going to get there in a little bit. At number one, with the San Francisco Giants at 18 wins, 13 losses. Okay, let's just state this here. The Yankees and the Gi- and the Dodgers are my two, two teams that I don't like the most. But the one below that... Is the San Francisco's for is the San Fr- oh my gosh San Francisco 49ers San Francisco Giants same city different team different sport San Francisco Giants are the team that I hate or don't hate but I most dislike because when the Reds would play in the playoffs against the Giants against the Giants every time we would lose every time against the Giants in the playoffs we would lose. And that, and I've got a whole conversation with confrontation with a different person about that. But anybody but the Giants, like the Padres, are one loss behind them. Anybody but the Giants, they're pit. Okay, the Giants. I'll just give them a rundown here. Their hitting is really good, and their pitching is really good. They're, they're done. Go moving on. 
That's the only compliments I'm going to say about the Giants. At number two, the San Diego Padres, 18 wins, 14 losses. Number three, Los Angeles Dodgers, 17 wins, 15 losses. Number four, the Arizona Diamondbacks, 15 wins, 16 losses. Number five, the Colorado Rockies with 12 wins and 19 losses. The Padres, my pick to win this division, started to look really good. They might be able to win the division if they can keep it up. And the Los Angeles Dodgers are number three. I've never seen them so low in this division. Their hitting has just not been showing up, and neither has their pitching as well. They lost Dustin May. It's just not showing up for the Dodgers here. But, you know, NL West, though, still a tough division with the Giants, Padres, and Dodgers. So moving on, the best team in baseball, I'm just going to say this out here too, will be the Boston Red Sox with a 19-win, 13-loss record. They have the best record, the only team other than the Oakland Athletics who have 19 wins, and they they have the best record because of their winning percentage with a .594 winning percentage. The Boston Red Sox are starting to look like a very good team. That was the interesting stuff I was going to tell you guys about, and that's the best team in baseball right now. Moving on to the statistical leaders around the league. We'll start with the batting department. At the batting average will be the, again, Chicago White Sox, your mean Mercedes with .386. No one is hitting above 400. No one's in above 500 this time. And your mean Mercedes still is taking that batting title crown. At home runs, we've got three tied. Ronald Acuna Jr. from the Atlanta Braves, J.D. Martinez from the Boston Red Sox, and Shohei Otani with, from the Los Angeles Angels with 10. All the 10. Wow. The one that's surprising here is Shohei Otani because he's a pitcher. <laughs> he's a pitcher, and he's hitting very, very well, and I'm glad for him. He might win MVP this year. Who knows? But good job for Shohei Otani. Hopefully, he keeps it up. At RBIs, we've got J.D. Martinez with 31. He has been hitting like a machine. He is also a run-in for that AL MVP. I mean, again, it's only through the first month, so we're just guessing here. And at stolen bases, no longer Ramon Laureano. He has not stolen anything since the first week of the MLB year. It is Whit Merrifield with 10 stolen bases. Whit Merrifield is... A very good five-tool player, and I mean, I hope you guys have him on your fantasy team because if you have a fantasy team, because he is a lights-out player for sure. Let's move on to the pitching side of the statistics. With wins, we've got Jack Flaherty with five from the St. Louis Cardinals. Jack Flaherty is starting to look like a Cy Young pitcher for sure. Might be my pick for next year if I can remember him at all. And uh, try not to because I he's on the St. Louis Cardinals. But starting to look very good, Jack Flaherty. Um, yeah, keep an eye out for him. He is going to be a pretty solid pitcher this year. Five wins. ERA, we've got Jacob DeGrom, 0.51 ERA. He's been pitching also really well, but... The offense for the Mets just cannot help him out at all. If he, if they would, if they could, not would, if they could, they would. He would be leading in wins right now. I mean, really. K's at strikeouts will be Shane Bieber from the Cleveland Indians with I cannot believe this statistic: seventy-seven strikeouts, seventy. 
seven strikeouts, and we are through the first month of the MLB year. I cannot believe that. I cannot believe that. Shane Bieber has 77 strikeouts through the first month of the year. On that on that trajectory, 77 per month. Let's see. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, he would have over 200 strikeouts coming into the All-Star break. That is unfreaking believable right there. Shane Bieber has on a trajectory right now a chance to beat Nolan Ryan in the strikeouts department. 77 through the first month. That's unreal. Now moving on to the next statistic, walks, hits, per innings, pitchers. I like to call it whip. Jacob DeGrom with an 0.57. Yep, no longer Corbin Burns. He is a close second, though. Jacob DeGrom still from the Mets doing really well. Just wish he could get more wins. And saves. He might be the reliever of the year if he can keep this up. Surprisingly, again, from the San Diego Padres, Mark Melanson with 11. He has been a force out there coming out of the bullpen, saving every chance he can. And he he's very underrated. If you don't have him on your fantasy team, get him now. All right, moving on to games to watch today. Got three games you guys can watch today. And number one will be the Chicago White Sox at the Kansas City Royals at 8, 10, at 8, 10 p.m. For the White Sox, we got Carlos Rodon, who is 4-0 with an 0.72 ERA and 36 Ks. Going up. Against Brad Keller, who is two and three with an 8.05 ERA and 16 Ks. Both guys pretty good. Brad Keller might be a little bit underrated. He's still trying to find his way. He's not doing too well. Carlos Rodon, though, very underrated this year, doing really well. And he might be the better pitcher to watch. Again, that's at 8 10 p.m. against the White Sox at the Royals. Should be a good game to watch since both teams are powerhouses in that division. And number two will be, again, the this time, though, the Tampa Bay Rays at the Oakland A's. Yes, it's the Rays at the A's. Last time, last time it was the A's at the Rays. At 9.40 p.m. for Tampa Bay will be Rich Hill. He is 1-1 one one with a 6.39 ERA and 28 Ks. For the Oakland Athletics will be Sean Manaya, who is 3-1 with a 3.48 ERA and 33 strikeouts. Both that should be a good game. Rich Hill's not really good coming to the near the end of his career. And Sean Manaya, who's really underrated this year, starting to show up really well. He is also going to be good as well against the Rays at the A's. Again, last year, last week was the A's at the Rays. Should be a good series to watch. Should be a good game to watch. Since both teams are really good this year. And at number three will be the San Diego Padres at the San Francisco Giants at 9.45 p.m. It just beats out the Rays at the A's by five minutes. From San Diego will be the it'll be Blake Snell, who is 1-0 with a 3.51 ERA and 32 Ks. From, for San Francisco, man, why do they always hit the good pitchers when we let, allow them to? I mean, we had Johnny Cueto, we had Alex Wood, and we had Anthony DiScofine. They all went to... San Francisco, and they're doing super well. So, yeah, for San Francisco, it'll be Anthony DiScofani, 2-1 and one with a 2 ERA and 33 Ks. Should be a good game to watch. Should be a pitcher's duel for sure, but the San Diego Padres offense might just outlast the San Francisco Giants offense, so I would not be surprised if the Padres win, and it should be a good game as well, since both of them are trying to win the division. 
That is all for today. Thank you all for tuning in, and I am so glad that you can. And if you have not yet, subscribe to this podcast if you can. And uh, stay tuned, stay updated on all weeks of MLB Baseball. And I will see you next week. My name is Ian Young. Thank you for listening to today's episode.